0: Welcome to another edition of Transformation Radio.
1: turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament. Our narrative today comes from the book of Philippians, chapter 2, verse 19, and we'll read through chapter 3, verse 4. Here is some of what we'll find there today. When Paul wrote these words that we'll be reading, most vocational training was done by fathers, and sons stayed loyal to the family business. Timothy displayed that same loyalty in his spiritual apprenticeship with Paul. Timothy was with Paul in Rome, When Paul wrote this letter, he traveled with Paul in his second missionary journey when the church at Philippi was begun. Now, just as a skilled workman trains an apprentice, Paul was preparing Timothy to carry on the ministry in his absence. Paul encouraged younger Christians to learn, to observe, to help, and then to lead. Paul expected older Christians to teach, to model, to mentor, and then to turn over leadership. The benefits of such a process are... New enthusiasm and vision, new methods and energy. Are you a teacher? Well, whom are you apprenticing for God's work? Are you a learner? How are you showing your eagerness to fulfill the call God has on your life? Well, Paul observed that most believers are too preoccupied with their own needs to spend time working for Christ. Don't let your schedule and concerns crowd out your love and Christian service to others. Paul was in prison either awaiting his trial or its verdict. And he was there because he was preaching about Christ. That was the only reason he was behind bars. He was telling the Philippians that when he learned of the court's decision, he would send Timothy to them with the news. Paul wanted them to know that he was ready to accept whatever came. Now, as a safeguard, Paul reviewed the basics with the believers. The Bible is our safeguard, both morally and theologically. When we read it individually and publicly in church, it alerts us to corrections we need to make in our thoughts, attitudes, and actions. Now, it's easy to place more emphasis on human effort than on internal faith, but God values the attitude of our heart above all else. So uh, be careful. Don't judge people's spirituality by their fulfillment of uh, duties or by their level of human activity. And don't think that you'll satisfy God by feverishly doing His work. God notices all you do for Him and will reward you for it, but only if it comes as a loving response to His free gift of salvation. And with that, let's begin our reading today, here in the New Testament. October 1st, the New Testament. Philippians chapter 2, verse 19, through chapter 3, verse 4. If the Lord Jesus is willing, I, Paul, hope to send Timothy to you, Philippians, soon for a visit. Then he can cheer me up by telling me how you are getting along. I have no one else like Timothy who genuinely cares about your welfare. All the others care only for themselves and not for what matters to Jesus Christ. But you know how Timothy has proved himself. Like a son with his father, he has served me in preaching the good news. I hope to send him to you just as soon as I find out what is going to happen to me here, and I have confidence from the Lord that I myself will come to see you soon. Meanwhile, I thought I should send Epaphroditus back to you. He is a true brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, and he was your messenger to help me in my need. I am sending him because he has been longing to see you, and he was very distressed that you heard he was ill. And he certainly was ill. In fact, he almost died. But God had mercy on him and also on me, so that I would not have one sorrow after another. So I am all the more anxious to send him back to you, for I know you will be glad to see him, and then I will not be so worried about you. Welcome him with Christian love and with great joy, and give him the honor that people like him deserve. For he risked his life for the work of Christ. And he was at the point of death while doing for me what you couldn't do from far away. Whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. I never get tired of telling you these things, and I do it to safeguard your faith. Watch out for those dogs, those people who do evil, those mutilators who say you must be circumcised to be saved. For we who worship by the Spirit of God, are the ones who are truly circumcised. We rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. We put no confidence in human effort, though I could have confidence in my own effort if anyone could. Indeed, if others have reason for confidence in their own efforts, I have even more. Now from the book of Psalms, our reading from Psalm 73, verses 1 through 28. Two strong themes wind their way through these verses. Number one, the wicked prosper, leaving godly people wondering why they bother to be good. And number two, the wealth of the wicked looks so inviting that faithful people may wish they could trade places. But these two themes come to unexpected ends. For the wealth of the wicked suddenly loses its power at death, and the rewards for the godly suddenly take on eternal value. Now, what seemed like wealth is now waste, and what seemed worthless now lasts forever. Don't wish you could trade places with evil people to get their wealth. One day they will wish uh, they could trade places with you and have your eternal wealth. Asaph realized that the rich who put their hope, joy, and confidence in their wealth live in a dream world. A dream exists only in the mind of the dreamer. Don't let your life's goals be so unreal that you awaken too late and miss the reality of God's truth. Happiness and hope can be a reality, but only when they are based on God, not on riches. Because reality is in God, we should get as close to Him as we possibly can in order to be realistic about life, to have clarity on real values. Well, Asaph declares his confidence in God's presence and guidance from birth to death we are continually in God's grip. But far more, we have the hope of the resurrection. Though our courage and strength may fail, we know that one day we'll be raised to life to serve Him forever. He's our security, and we must cling to Him. Psalm 73, verses 1 through 28, a Psalm of Asaph. Truly God is good to Israel to those whose hearts are pure. But as for me, I almost lost my footing. My feet were slipping, and I was almost gone. For I envied the proud when I saw them prosper despite their wickedness. They seem to live such painless lives. Their bodies are so healthy and strong. They don't have troubles like other people. They're not plagued with problems like everyone else. They wear pride like a jeweled necklace and clothe themselves with cruelty. These fat cats have everything their hearts could ever wish for. They scoff and speak only evil. In their pride, they seek to crush others. They boast against the very heavens, and their words strut throughout the earth. And so the people are dismayed and confused, drinking in all their words. What does God know, they ask? Does the Most High even know what's happening? Look at these wicked people, enjoying a life of ease while their riches multiply. Did I keep my heart pure for nothing? Did I keep myself innocent for no reason? I get nothing but trouble all day long. Every morning brings me pain. If I had really spoken this way to others, I would have been a traitor to your people. So I tried to understand why the wicked prosper. But what a difficult task it is. Then I went into your sanctuary, O God, and I finally understood the destiny of the wicked. Truly you put them on a slippery path and send them sliding over the cliff to destruction. In an instant they are destroyed, completely swept away by terrors. When you arise, O Lord, you will laugh at their silly ideas as a person laughs at dreams in the morning. Then I realized that my heart was bitter and I was all torn up inside. I was so foolish and ignorant. I must have seemed like a senseless animal to you. Yet I still belong to you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, leading me to a glorious destiny. Whom have I in heaven but you? I desire you more than anything on earth. My heart may fail, and my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. Those who desert him will perish, for you destroy those who abandon you. But as for me, how good it is to be near God! I have made the Sovereign Lord my shelter, and I will tell everyone about the wonderful things you do. Proverbs chapter 24, verses 13 and 14. My child, eat honey, for it is good and the honeycomb is sweet to the taste. In the same way, wisdom is sweet to your soul. If you find it, you will have a bright future, and your hopes will not be cut short.
2: Hi, this is Jeff Large, and I love Transformation Radio.
0: Up with the dawn and the rooster crow way since I don't know Throw a little water on my face Get out the door and greet the day Putting my knees down on the ground Sing to the Lord in a weary sound Asking for the strength I need Break my heart like a weed Don't know yet Let's harvest this field From sunrise to sunset The master is coming We are not done yet We are not done yet Push it full of wire and a fork to be Work through the pain and the rain will shine Come on, y'all, we still got time We still got time
3: Scripture reading begins in verse 21 of Matthew, chapter 16. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed, and be raised up on the third day. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God, forbid it, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are not setting your mind on God's interests, but man's. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and will then repay every man according to his deeds.
4: The theme of God's redemptive plan runs through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. At its heart is Calvary, the place where Jesus died so we could be forgiven. As we read the scriptures, we see that the cross symbolizes salvation. Jesus bore our sins upon the cross and died in our place, so we could be reconciled to God and receive eternal life. The cross symbolizes sacrifice. Christ, who was in very nature God, chose to leave the perfection of heaven and live among sinful people. Laying aside His divine authority, He was born a helpless baby. Completely dependent on others. His first thirty years were spent in obscurity, without recognition of his Messiahship. During his public ministry, he faithfully carried out God's plan all the way to his death on the cross. Jesus' days on earth are an example to us of the sacrificial life. The cross symbolizes service. Jesus said he did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. Christ's supreme act of service was dying on the cross so we might have eternal life. Our Savior calls us to deny ourselves and follow Him through sacrificial service to others. The Christian who embraces a lifestyle of humility and servanthood brings glory to our Heavenly Father. In our culture, success is based on achievement. We admire those who succeed in athletics, business, and the arts. But greatness in God's kingdom is found in a life of gratitude-driven, humble obedience. Are you following His plan and serving others as Jesus did? Have you shared with them the good news of salvation in Christ?
2: Lord, I come In you, I find my rest Without you, I fall apart You're the one That guides my heart Lord, I need you, oh I Grace is more, grace is found, is where you are.
1: y'all this is devin trip moving on to second phase today i uh, came to the refuge four weeks ago pretty broken you know rock bottom living on the street you know place to place didn't have much i mean every day was a blank sheet of paper no purpose really no goals ripping off you know who i could you know just using people burnt bridges sunk ships i was going to the drive through coming back with a beer and these people from Ark ministry in chilkadi stopped me and, you know, preached to me, prayed for me, and, uh, you know, told me about the refuge. And uh, here I am. You know, it's completely changed me, you know, so far. Plan on keeping growing. Just uh, guys in first phase, stick with it. I'll see you soon.
5: John Flowers from Indiana, who's a senior vice president in safety, said, John, on a minute with Maxwell, talk about the word tactical. Now, I'm in the studio with my friends, and when I saw this word, I looked at them and I asked them, What do you think tactical means? Uh, I, I think it means uh, strategic. I think it means to put yourself in a place that gives you an advantage, perhaps to win. and If that's what it means, then let me just say to you that people that are successful are tactical. They understand that, um, the early bird gets the worm, they understand that positioning themselves correctly today allows them to do well tomorrow, as putting themselves in a wrong position today... uh, doesn't allow them much movement for tomorrow. I've often said every day we are either preparing or repairing. And if you're preparing, it's because you are a tactical person. You look at your life, you look at your schedule, you look at your responsibilities, and you ask yourself a very simple question. Where can I put myself? Where can I place myself that's going to give me the return I need in life? Now, I'm always giving you the Definition of the words and telling you how in context they mean to me. Got a question to ask you What do you think the word tactical means? Why don't you take a moment and put it in the box and send it to us? I'd like to see what you think about this word.
0: like you, took the sin of the world on your shoulders, you did it so willingly, God the price you paid will forever be enough, and the life you gave, yeah you gave it all for love. does it for today's podcast. Make sure to tune in tomorrow for the next edition of
2: Transformation Radio.